WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many different community voices. Each program expresses one aspect of that diversity, not the views of WFNU or Frogtown Tuned In as a whole. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to 651 Sports Update here on WFNULP 94.1 FM St. Paul. We are Frogtown Community Radio. We have a huge show planned for you today. And as always, this morning in studio with me is the one and only Eric Erickson. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Mike. Even during a global pandemic, this is a really exciting time of the year for high school sports with section tournaments and... Football and volleyball have been added to the mix since the last time that I was on the show with you. So, yeah, we've got a lot of show, maybe too much show. That's right. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Not only do we have scores and stats coming up here in just a second, but we also have Harding's Athletic Director Kathy Jackson calling in at 10-10. And then at 10-25, Coach Chris Steenberg from Highland Park's girls' soccer team. And then, if that wasn't enough, Eric... You did an interview with Washington Boys Soccer yesterday, and we'll play that back as well. I'm ready to uh, talk to our guests and to listen to that uh, replay of the interview, and I'm ready for the rundown of results whenever you are. All right, so first, before we get to that, some housekeeping duties here. We want to let you know about an event going on here at Faith Lutheran Church, the home of WFNU. Uh, the Frogtown Community Lunch and Trunk or Treat will be happening here on Saturday, October 31st at 1 p.m. Lunch is in the church, and then Halloween is in the parking lot. Meet your neighbors, hand out some candy, bring the kids. Don't forget your masks. Tacos are on the menu. So that will be uh, a very fun event for the whole family. So come on down to Faith Lutheran Church, Halloween Day, 1 p.m. Sounds good. All right, so let's get started here with some scores and stats. And we are going to start with football. They made their triumphant return to the gridiron this past week. On Tuesday, it was Como Park 16, Highland Park 8, Johnson 46, Central 7, Harding 8, Humboldt 0. That was an overtime victory for the Knights. It was their first win since 2016. We're going to talk to Kathy Jackson about that. KSTP Channel 5 did a great interview uh, with Coach Kraus that is available on the Harding Knights Facebook page, on the 651 Sports Facebook page, and uh, on the KSTP page. There was some uh, news art or newspaper articles written about that as well, Eric. Yeah, Pioneer Press had a big story on it uh, Wednesday morning after the big win. Lots of positive press, and it is a great story. So yeah. that will be fun to talk to Harding Athletic Director Kathy Jackson about the impact of the huge Harding win. Right. The Aggies also started uh, their season last night as well. They beat Breck 22-0. Um, 
then over to volleyball. As well, that I, oh, go, I'm sorry. That's right. You do have other stuff to say about well, I, sport. I, I forgot how this to. format works. I'd be happy to talk about <laughs> Well, we got the primary source with uh, Kathy Jackson. But beyond that Harding result, Como beating Highland Park on Tuesday, mm-hmm. that was a wonderful feeling for the Cougars. Last year was tough for Como with an 8 and – I'm sorry, excuse me. I need to flip that. Last year it was a tough year with a 1-8 and eight record and some lopsided scores. But this season – they have several returning starters on both sides of the ball. And to begin the season with a big win over city rival Highland, there were a lot of happy Cougars, players, coaches, and supporters after that big win Tuesday. And lastly, on football, Mike, there's great energy for football all around in the city conference right now. And part of that is restoring the traditional city conference schedule. It took COVID-19 to make it happen, but to be consistent with all the other St. Paul sports, City teams are only playing city teams in regular season games. So back to the St. Paul City Conference schedule. Yeah, it's a blast from the past. And uh, it's only a six-game season, so it's going to be over and done with before we know it. But this is the time of year. This MEA weekend is the time of year that this would be the last week of regular season and then playoffs would start. So it's kind of way different this year than it is has been in the past. But we welcome the old St. Paul City Conference schedule back. Absolutely. Okay, over to volleyball. On Monday, it was Highland Park over Washington 3-0, Harding over Humboldt 3-0, Central over Como 3-0. On Wednesday, it was Highland over Humboldt 3-0, Como Park beat Washington 3-0, and a rivalry you and I know pretty well, Eric. It was Johnson over Harding 3-1. Let's talk about that Johnson-Harding one for a moment, the east side rivalry. And as you said, Johnson won. I'm sure it was a little quieter in the gym this year with right. no spectators allowed at the matches. That was an amazing event with so much energy from the crowd. Uh, undoubtedly, the volleyball was still just as intense. Uh, the other results, Highland Park is going for five conference championships in a row here. Those scores you reported reveal that they may be on their way. Highland had a convincing straight set win over Central and con- uh, Central is consistently a top tier team, often second behind Highland. Highland seemed to handle their rival uh, fairly handily with that 3-0 victory. Yeah, and as you mentioned, that uh, with no spectators, that Johnson-Harding match must have been something a lot different than what those uh, players are not used to because they're used to the entire east side showing up for those matches. And it was really loud last year. It went all uh, five, five sets. sets. Mm-hmm. So it was Epic. Uh, it was a crazy amount of uh, energy in that gym. and. And uh, it, it, it's it got to be way, way different for those two teams. Yeah. Uh, the energy is going to be from each other and the benches uh, and, and the players on the court, not just fueled from the, from the crowd. Right. All right. We're going to head over to girls' soccer. Um, Kathy Jackson should be calling in uh, in just a couple of minutes here. And then uh, when she calls in, we will break away from wherever we are at and uh, we will talk about, uh, go back to uh, where we were. Sounds, after the sounds good. That'll work. Okay, so in girls' soccer, uh, in the sectional tournaments on Tuesday in Section 4A, it was Washington over St. Agnes 2-1, to uh, Como Park over Harding 9-0. On Wednesday, we had a pair of shootouts uh, for our teams, uh, Hiawatha Collegiate over Humboldt 3-2, to as an overtime shootout, uh, Hiawatha advances on a 5-4 shootout win in that section 3A. In 4-2A, it was Eastridge over Central. 
It's another overtime shootout. Uh, Eastridge uh, advances on a 4-3 shootout win uh, in that one. On Thursday, it was Highland 2, St. Croix Lutheran 1 in Section 3A. In Section 4A, it was St. Croix Prep 2, Highland, or excuse me, Como Park 1, and then Matamidi 12 over Washington, 12-zip. Where to begin with those scores from the section playoffs? Two painful penalty kick shootout losses in there. Central was the St. Paul City champion, both the regular season and the city tournament. And they played Eastridge, a big, strong suburban team in the quarterfinal round of Section 4AA. Central survived some early dicey moments. It wasn't going particularly well in the beginning. But as the game and overtime went on, they began to absolutely outplay Eastridge. Didn't score, though. So we get to the shootout. After 100 scoreless minutes, it was dramatic with some back and forth and the penalty kicks. And crazy, absolutely crazy because of the wind. It was so gusty out there. More than once, players set the ball on the penalty kick spot. And before the whistle, the ball would be blown a couple of inches, or in some cases, a couple of feet from the spot. So they'd wait. They'd ask the ref if they could reset it. They could, but on the next approach, uh, as you can imagine, it, it's messing with your mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be there when I, when I reach it for contact? Uh, in the end, Central's final shot went over the crossbar, and that was it. A 4-3 penalty kick loss after a 0-0 tie. Como lost in similar fashion, falling just shy in penalty kicks after a 1-1 tie against St. Croix Prep in Section 4A. Heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. But both teams played their hearts out and uh, represented the St. Paul City extremely well. Yeah, and we will talk to uh, Chris Steenberg about his team's victory uh, when he calls in at 1025 in about 15 minutes. Uh, That's got to be tough when you're trying to do penalty kicks and just in the back of your mind thinking that wind's going to blow the ball. I've never seen it. I need it to be. Never seen it quite like that. Uh, Number one, it's turf. Uh, the field turf, and so it's more likely to happen. I mean, that's happened to us at McMurray practicing several times throughout the years, but in a big game situation like that, the howling wind is moving it, and it's possible uh, for that to happen uh, on the turf. Grass, not as much. Sure. Uh, There's a few blades there to hold it and keep it in place, but it um, it was a factor for both teams, but it seemed to... Pick up speed <laughs> more often when Central was approaching the ball. Sure. And I could see even in the, the girls and their approach, it was you could see it was nerve-wracking, and they weren't exactly sure when to start their approach or take a shorter approach, and it wasn't exactly what they had practiced. All right. We are joined by, co- or by Athletic Director Kathy Jackson of Harding. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? Great. You, can you hear us okay? I can see you, hear you just fine. Okay. I was going to say, if you could see us, that's awesome. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound good. We can hear you as well. It's great to have you here, Kathy. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we were talking, uh, Eric and I were giving scores and stats just a little bit ago. Uh, we got to mention a Harding uh, score early on in the show already. Harding's football team defeated Humboldt uh, 8-0 in overtime. And that was uh, the first win for the program since 2016. Um, If you could tell uh, our listeners and us just how important that is uh, for that program and Harding uh, High School in general. 
Yeah, Mike, it's an incredible, incredible win for us, for Harding, for the whole school. Um, you know, up until this year, we've had the fans coming to the games. This is my fourth year as athletic director, and I had yet to see a <laughs> football team win. And so that night when we won in overtime, I was pretty much the only fan there, uh, and I thought we won the Super Bowl. And the kids <laughs> reacted as though they had won the Super Bowl. It was extremely exciting. Um, as everybody knows, it's it's much more fun to win in sports. Um, but for those kids to come in, to come out year after year, and particularly for the coaches, Coach Otto Kraus, the, the dedication, the perseverance, and the utter hard work. I mean, being a football coach, you've got to manage so many pieces. And the, just the equipment alone, you know, if you think about especially now during COVID and the, and the kids checking in their helmets and their shoulder pads and the uniforms, and it's all very expensive. So there's just so many components to it. But when you go to the Harding practice and you see the fun things that they do to create fellowship and camaraderie and continue to make it fun and especially meaningful for the kids who need that in their life. I mean, don't we all need fellowship and camaraderie? But to make it fun and meaningful in such a way when you're not winning, I mean, that's that's really something special. Coach Cross and his crew really have created something special with those kids. Yeah, and those uh, those players I, we saw, uh, I think it was last year or the year before when we called one of the Harding football games, um, they're very involved in the program itself. You can tell they're just, you know, they, they want to play well. Their, their emotions are flying high, and football emotions are usually pretty high anyway, but those kids really care. And you, you can tell that uh, Coach Krause has got that embedded uh, within their psyche on that team, which is really great to see. A, a lot of our kids, um, a, a great majority of them, do not have uh, youth football in their background. And so many, many of them are coming to ninth grade and playing football for the first time. Um, and that's pretty, pretty incredible when you think about all of the things that need to be taught um, that other programs, you know, can just take for granted because their kids have, most of them have played youth football. So it's, there's so many challenges, um, and obstacles, but they just do it with such heart and such, um, they just have a good time and, and the work ethic, these kids come to us with incredible work ethic from other aspects of their life. And, um, it's just just so proud and heartwarming to see them finally win and enjoy it and and I know they're going to build on that um, feeling of finally getting a win. Yeah, and they've got their good some good media attention because of it as well. Yeah, yeah for sure, there has been. Tell us about uh, how all the media coverage um, came out. Um, there was a big Pioneer Press story. Were they there at the game, or did they just pick up on it later? And then a CARE 11 shout-out I saw on the Prep Sports Extra, and then a wonderful feature by KSTP, a lengthy interview with Coach Kraus and some players. Yeah, the um, I, you know the media started with a story a few weeks ago regarding the, the COVID issues, and so it wasn't um, – they came out and did a little bit – I don't even remember who it was uh, – um, did a little uh, – feature on football and volleyball right when the state high school league said you know we can have fall football and volleyball and they came out and did a little um bit at harding which was sweet and cute and but the feature was more about the covid related um, obstacles and then um i don't know it's just kind of interesting how multiple media sources 
the first night of football, WCCO came out to all the games, I think probably because it was a Tuesday night, right? They didn't have to cover much on a Tuesday night. And WCCO was at our game the entire time filming. Oh, and, wow. Um, and there was a, they had a, it was kind of fun. There was a drone up above and we were all just kind of speculating, <laughs> wow, who's got a drone up there? It's not something we're used to. No. So it's been real. it's been really fun. And a couple of the kids were interviewed and um, it's just been fun for them. And, and Coach Krause, you know, you, you, you go in every day and you work hard and, and uh, Eric, you know, as a teacher, it's not the kind of job where you get a lot of, you don't go into it for, for the praise and the glory. That's for sure. Um, you and you sometimes wonder you get you get a little tired and you wonder am I making a difference am I making a difference and then something happens a kid yeah. a kid smiles or or turns a corner in some way and you, and you say to yourself oh yeah yeah this is what this is why I do what I do every day and that's what Coach Krause has done day in and day out he does it in his teaching he does it in his coaching um, man I've never seen anybody work work so hard to just keep these kids up and positive and his summer training and his um, uh, off-season camaraderie with the kids and staying connected with them Um, and then, you know, going to, like, the the Vikings, going off to do other things as a team-building activity. He does all those kinds of things, which is really, really important. He has a tireless work ethic, it sounds like, and he has belief in what he's doing and... There was a very profound quote in the KSTP interview from him. I heard that you measure football success in wins and losses. And that's a great credit to him that he's been able to do all this work and maintain the positivity in the program without ever getting that validation of a win up until now. It's so different than many other sports. Cross-country running, as an example, you're always working on that personal record. You're always improving. And there's undoubtedly been massive improvement in every Harding football player through the years, yet they haven't had the measurement of a victory to, to validate that. And, and they shouldn't need it, and that's got to be Coach Krause's strength is that he has a wonderful program going with or without wins. And... For him to all of a sudden get all of this praise because they won their season opener against Humboldt, that's obviously well-deserved. But I have no doubt, Kathy, that you've got a coach there that would keep doing exactly what he's doing regardless of how that game or any other game is going to turn out. So you've got a good thing going there with Harding football, and we, uh, we're we happy to hear about it. Yeah, and he's a really humble guy, too. He always has a, He's always got a smile on his face and his little symbol for the kids and the the we the word we right with the greater symbol we is greater than me it's kind of like their little their little hashtag thing Mm -hmm. uh, that's the message that he gives to those kids we is greater than me and um, he does it with humility and grace and um, always with a smile on his face well last thing we just wanted to ask you real quickly about how you're managing the covid pandemic yours is also a thankless job often uh people uh don't understand how much work there is behind the scenes for safety protocols and planning and administration and juggling. What can you say about being an athletic director administering all these activities during COVID? Well, <laughs> I don't know if I should be honest here or not. Uh, there's, there's no fun right now. Um, the fun of the job comes with seeing the kids in the halls during the school day 
Um, and, and every teacher and educator will say that there's just not a whole lot of fun right now because we don't have that human connection, that interaction with our colleagues. Um, yes, I get to go see the kids play their sports, but for me, the fun part is the one-on-one interaction that, that I would have with kids throughout the day. So I, I really miss that. But the headache of COVID has been immense. It's, it's really hard um, to, to uh, have people understand. We all desperately want spectators at our games. I'm a parent of four kids, all who played sports in high school. And I, I really feel for the parents, particularly the seniors who want to be there. But there's so many other issues to weigh out and, and um, systems that need to be in place. And, and now when you hear about the Duluth schools, right, they're closing their activities and that the metric is, is creeping up. We really just don't want to jeopardize the good thing right now, which is allowing the kids to play. We don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize that. And it's a tough balance because... People want to come, and I get it. I, it's just that's probably been the hardest part, that that pressure and that wanting to be able to have it be normal. Don't we all want to be back to normal, but we're not. Yeah, you got to take it day by day, game by game, uh, especially now because um, you just don't know when, when you might get that call to say shut everything down again. So uh, you just got to gotta take it one day at a time, right? That's right, and we don't want to do anything to tip the scales. Um, as long as those kids are playing, that's the main thing right now. Right, yep. Get them, uh, get them together and, and see their friends and and uh, play a sport while they're at it. So get active as well. Absolutely. So, well, Kathy, I want to thank you for calling in uh, this morning and talking about. Uh, the football team and, and life and COVID as an athletic director. Um, and uh, we appreciate uh, everything you're doing. We appreciate everything the coaches uh, and the teachers and, and even the athletes, what they're doing is they're adapting as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Eric. It was good talking with you. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Kathy Jackson, athletic director for Harding High School. It's got to be tough this time, uh, especially with COVID going on. As an athletic director, you're already juggling your normal day-to-day, uh, you know, you got the administrative side, you got schedules that have to be made, practice fields and, and times have to be available, and now one sport might not be playing, and now a second sport isn't playing. Well, now we're bringing them back. This can't be easy for, for uh, no, anybody. No, I, I think that just when they started to get a routine as much as possible in the four or five weeks of this fall sports season. Then we had all of the discussion and ultimately a change to bring football and volleyball back into the mix. And that was like, you know, starting up what we usually do August 17th all over again, getting kids signed up, cleared for football, getting everything in and organized for volleyball because that was going to be in the spring. And then to race the timeline back into the fall and crank it up with games within the first two weeks, which is unusual for football. Um, yeah, a lot going on. Yeah. So they are really doing a juggling act uh, every day as things come up. And we do need to give credit. And I, I appreciated Kathy's honesty. It's not fun. She's right. They're, we're missing out on all of those interactions. And you got a lot of people mad at you. Oh, yeah. There are people that are angry they can't watch the games, and who do you think they take it out on? They take it out on administrators who have to enforce a policy that is very unpopular. Right, yeah. It's the. It's not their 
policy. They have to enforce the rules, like you said. So, um, you know, if we could just kind of le- lean off of the people who are giving you the message a little bit um, and uh, realize that they're doing their job and they've got a lot on their plate as well. So uh, hats off to everybody involved with trying to get the sports season uh, off and underway. And uh, looks like uh, as far as most of the fall sports as of now, uh, they are coming to a close with their section tournaments. Now, there won't be any state tournaments uh, this year that has been uh, decided already so um unless it's like a like a co or like, uh, like a club sport uh, like mountain biking that we will be getting to later on uh, they will have a state competition because they're not regulated under the same rules as the high school league uh, let's be clear there's no minnesota state high school league state tournaments right there are petitions and movements to try and bring about some kind of state tournament but i don't think well, I know they're not going to be sanctioned by the state high school league, and it will be interesting to see if some coaches associations or sports go rogue and do their <laughs> own do their own thing. Right, which is which is always a possibility. You never know. It's 2020, so things definitely are not normal this year. So, uh, so we're going to have um, hopefully coach uh, is going to call in in just a moment here, but we can set up a little girls soccer here. Uh, and until until he calls in, if you want, Mike. Sure. I was just going to, uh, you know, I mentioned the results from Como and Central and their uh, shootouts. The only St. Paul City team to reach the section semifinals is Highland Park. And, and we'll chat with Coach Steenberg. Is he on already? That's right. Coach Steenberg, must have, your ears must have been burning because we were just talking about you and you <laughs> called in. Good morning. Good morning. He's very punctual. Uh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. 1025 on the dot. Thank you, Coach, for calling in. Your Highland. Well, thank you for having me. Well, absolutely. Uh, your Highland Park girls are having an excellent season. Some outstanding play. Great results with a 7-2-1 record. Second place in the city conference. And a semifinalist in the Section 3A tournament. That's pretty good. What are the reasons for such a successful season so far coach um well i have to give a ton of the credit to the girls obviously um one thing that they've been able to do this year uh, and one thing we've been stressing is our team chemistry uh and with all the complications that this season has uh offered us uh, one thing that they've been able to do very well is stay consistent with their chemistry um they're a very close group of girls um and i genuinely think they like being around each other at practice games everything um, and it's given us a little bit of a mental toughness uh, with that chemistry that they've been able to build. Um, and a huge part of that have been our captains. Um, they've kind of been our foundation for us. Um, they've just been leading us on and off the field. Uh, two of our senior captains, Nora Talbert and Miranda Beatty, and then our junior captain, Audrey Miller. Um, I can't say enough positive things about them. They've just been awesome there. You have nice balance on the team, I think. Uh, you've got some youth and you've got that senior leadership as well. So has that been a big part of the chemistry and why it's worked? Absolutely. Um, like you touched on, we have a lot of senior leadership. Um, a lot of our players have at least two-plus years of experience starting on varsity. Um, and they've done a great job of uh, setting the example for our younger players um, right. that have come onto the team. And like you said, we have had that nice balance of senior leadership and younger uh, players that have come onto the team. Uh and we have a, a, a bunch of younger classmen that have done, been contributing a huge amount for us. Um, Gabby uh, Carrillo Quinones, 
uh, has been a starting at center mid uh, the last two years is just a sophomore and is playing phenomenal. Um, Ava Arredondo um, came up as an eighth grader last year and has really solidified our defense. Uh, we just had a lot of great contributions all around. All right, Coach. Now you're headed to the uh, semifinals in the Section 3A tournament. Uh, give us your analysis of the other semifinalists and uh, your opponent coming up. Um, well, we play a uh, visitation coming on Tuesday. Uh, that game will be 5 o'clock at Highland. Um, uh, they're a great team. I think they're ranked number five right now in the state. Um, they're just uh, Jay Miller does a great job over there. Uh, they're going to be a, a tough team. Uh, but we've shown kind of throughout the year that we can compete with some higher level teams. Uh, and it'll be tough. Uh, in our section, our section 3A, there are not many easy games. I believe it's a very, very tough section. Um, the teams that are left, uh, Holy Angels and Simley will play uh, on Tuesday as well. And they're very, very tough. But before that, you know, there's South St. Paul, SPA, uh, Bloomington Kennedy. There are just a lot of really tough teams in our section. Yeah, you got a, a nice seed, well-earned, and then you played St. Croix Lutheran in the uh, quarterfinal, and that's another good team too, right? They, and that was Oh, yes, absolutely. That was new because they weren't a St. Paul City team. First time all year you've played someone <laughs> outside the city. That's right. Um, nor, and normally during our regular season, we try and schedule as many uh, section opponents as possible to you know, see where we stand, and obviously this year we weren't able to do any of that. So we're just looking at scores and <laughs> trying to see, like, how things match up. Uh, but, no, St. Croix was a very good team. Uh, we played well, and we're fortunate enough to uh, come out with a good result that game. Absolutely. Hey, as you enter, last question, as you enter the final week of the season here, what do you think will be some of your team's takeaways and memories uh, from this unique season? Um, well, it'll always be remembered as the COVID season, um, <laughs> you know, uh, and just the, all the different hurdles we had to go through. Uh, but one thing that we've been preaching to the girls is that we were able to have a season. Uh, and that'll definitely be something that we remember that, you know, this season was in doubt. Um, and, but we were able to have one here. Um, one thing I'll definitely remember from this, uh, and all of this is, uh, not necessarily from our season exactly, but the preseason conditioning during the summer. Mm hmm um i remember during the first week or the first like two three weeks with the guidelines stipulated that we couldn't share equipment or anything like that so we had no soccer balls um and so i wow. pretty much told the girls this is going to be conditioning um <laughs> we're all still okay with it you know hour and a half just straight conditioning and everything and they were a hundred percent like absolutely we want to be here we want to do this um and so that was just one thing that I'll always remember is the girls' just willingness to be together and be there with each other. That's beautiful. Hey, congrats to you and your team. We wish you all the best in your semifinal at home on Tuesday versus visitation. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. All right. Bye. All right. That was Coach Chris Steenberg of the Highland Park girls' soccer team. Uh, that's great that his team – decided they were going to stick through it thick and thin, conditioning and everything. And if they show up the next day after an hour and a half practice without a soccer ball, yeah, they got something special going if that's the case. You know, and I'll be honest with you, if I was in uh, playing high school football like I did back in high school and our coaches said we're doing an hour and a half of conditioning, I probably would have left the field at that point. Resendez, come <laughs> on, man. I need some hitting involved. You know, come I need, on. Oh, yeah, that would have... <laughs> I, I guess that's just the way I am, so <laughs> but that's all right. 
So visitation on Tuesday, 5 p.m. at home. Yep. Uh, that'll be a good game. We'll get through those results of all the section tournaments uh, next week. Um, even in this season, Eric, we've got uh, St. Paul teams making it pretty far in their respective section tournaments. Yeah, it's a nice run that uh, Highland's on here. And then we've got a couple of boys' teams in the semifinals, and that's where we're going next. That's right. All right. Uh, what we're going to do, let's give uh, the boys scores really quick and then we'll play your interview with the Washington boys soccer team and we'll get their rundown on what's coming up for them. And let me find here it is boys soccer on Tuesday in section 3A. It was Humboldt over Highland three to one Como Park six Johnson one. That was in section 4A. Also in section 4A, St. Anthony defeated St. Agnes one zip. On Wednesday, it was Central over Irondale in Section 5-2A. In, also in Section 5-2A, it was Champlin Park 11, Harding 1. And on Thursday, it was Washington over Como Park in a overtime shootout. And Washington will advance on a 5-3 shootout win in that one. In Section 3A, it was Richfield over Humboldt on Thursday 4-3. So that brings us, like you said, to the semifinals where Central will face Moundsview at 7.30 at Moundsview in Section 5-2A. And in Section 4A, Washington will face Hill Murray at Hill Murray at 7 p.m. Both matches are on Tuesday. That is correct. Let's go straight to the source. Let's uh, hear from Coach Hamilton and the Washington captains. I interviewed them at McMurray yesterday after their practice. We are here at McMurray Fields on a Friday afternoon. Washington just finished their practice to prepare for their next match, which will be a section semifinal against Hill Murray. Uh, we have Coach Hamilton here, and then we've got a couple of leaders here. Why don't you introduce yourselves, name and position, and you're in school, please. Hi, my name is Mune Blute. I am a senior. I'm a defender, center back. Thank you. My name is Tulat. I play center mid. And senior I'm a senior. Also? Thank you so much. These guys are the two uh, leaders and captains at Washington. Uh, important to mention as well. So. Senior leadership captains. This is a special time of the year then for you and your team. We're going to ask Coach a question first about uh, your team's performance last night. You shut out Como through 100 minutes and then you beat them in penalty kicks. So what can you say about what your team did well last night to secure that victory? Uh, I'd like to begin and just recognize uh, that Como played an incredible game, and this was the fourth time that we've played them uh, throughout this weird COVID year. Uh, and so both teams uh, competed hard for, for 100 minutes, and then like you said, there was a shutout through 100 minutes, and so it was a defensive battle. Uh, but I, I just am really proud of the way that the guys stayed composed and calm for the entire time, uh, and were able to hold it together mentally, even in the even in the shootout. Uh, it was just a, it was a special night for us, and so uh, we're super excited. Uh, disappointing way for Como to have to end their season uh, because they played a fantastic game as well. Uh, but we're excited. We're fired up. Uh, I don't know what your next question is going to be, but uh, we're fired up for a chance to go out and play uh, a non-St. Paul City team. <laughs> right. We played, right. uh, what is it, 12, 12 times we've played conference teams only, and it's been fabulous to uh, just get the opportunity to play, but we're excited to get out and play Hill Murray, a team outside of the conference, and uh, compete. So, looking forward to it. 
I appreciate you mentioning Como's effort and the, the games have been so closely contested. Like you said, not one, not two, not three, but four times against them in about uh, in about six or seven weeks time total. It's just been remarkable that there have been that many games. Yeah. And if we add up the total goals, I think we were at 4-4 four, four throughout uh, the four games that you played or something like that. That even. That sounds just about right. Interesting stat. So it was all square through all those games and then a penalty kick shootout to see who advances in the section for a tournament. Well, let's talk about that a little bit with you guys because you were just cluing me in or reminding us that there was a shootout earlier this year in the St. Paul City Conference Tournament. And in that shootout, Washington did not score any of the penalty kicks and fell to Humboldt 3-0. This one was a little different, I guess. 5-3, you made every penalty kick. Uh, what was the difference? Um, it was our first time in the history of doing like PK shootout. communication between a captain and a coach yes. that works well well done let's talk a little bit about Hill Murray as coach Hamilton said first chance to play somebody outside the city do you know anything about them this year do you know what to expect what do you think will be different or what will you think would be an advantage for Wash uh, so we've played Hill Murray uh, every year for the past few years and so I would expect uh, Similar things to what I've seen them, their, their style of play uh, in the past. Uh, I did get an opportunity to watch them play, and so I do know uh, that they they have very big, strong players, uh, and they play a very direct style of game, and so we're going to have to uh, play discipline, play fast, and uh, kind of catch them off guard. Uh, I know that they have strengths uh, that will be challenging to fend off, but I'm confident that these guys are prepared mentally and physically. Uh, we're going to keep working on some of those things next Monday. So, will you practice here next Monday? Yes. In preparation for that one, and then you'll go to the turf field at Hill Murray on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So they play direct. Uh, they aren't going to possess the ball like Washington can, uh, and I don't know if they will be used to the speed of play at which Washington plays. Do you think that will be an advantage for your team? Yes, that would be a vintage for our team because we have very fast players that, that can move the ball fast. Yep. Like my said, our players are very talented. We can move the ball very fast with the ball. Yeah, the speed of play, not just for those who aren't soccer 
aficionados listening, not just how fast people run on the field, but the speed at which the ball moves. And for Washington, it's a very controlled possession type of game in which they can uh, move the ball from point A to point B to point C and change the attack and catch their opponents off guard. That's the goal, coach. That's what we're trying <laughs> to do. So that's the goal. We'll do our best. So. What are you uh, boys most looking forward to with this next week of play? Do you have... Um, uh, are you smart enough to take it one game at a time, or do you do look at look at the big picture? How do you feel about things going into, no matter what happens, it's the last week of your high school soccer season? Yeah, just take each game at a time, playing our best and trying to get the win step by step to achieve our goal. Yep, one game at a time and play our game. What are some of the strengths? Last question for you all. What? for people that don't know Washington soccer well beyond what we've said about possession and speed of play what makes this team so special and maybe it's something up here maybe it's something mental or emotional can I go please uh, these guys have both played varsity for four years uh, they've been starters for three years uh, and the team chemistry that we have this year is special the experience that we have uh, is special uh, it's just a fantastic group of boys that's really excited about the opportunity uh, to get out here and play during this crazy year. Uh, they don't waste opportunities. They work hard in practice. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I don't know what these guys have to say, uh, but there's so much that's special about this group. Uh, and super happy that we've gotten this opportunity to uh, even get... Uh, just these opportunities to play even though it hasn't been quite as much as normal uh, and so uh, those are some of the things that pop into my head. Excellent. Anything you would add about what makes this team special? Well um, as a young age when we grew up we played together with the teams most of our players we played against each other for rec center we were hoping to play together but now happy that we get to play for each other for school. Yeah, like also we have a good chemistry where we like we know each other, we know everybody from our team personally too. Very well, we get along pretty good yeah. too, which is important. So, well, we love to hear your perspective, and we wish you all the best in Tuesday's match. I can guarantee you that every St. Paul Public School will be rooting very hard for you and hoping for a, a result that will make your team happy. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, that was uh, Eric Erickson interviewing the boys' soccer team at Washington. Uh, Coach Hamilton uh, does a great job over there with that program. Uh, and like in the interview, he said, uh, Hill Murray's going to have a, a tall task in trying to stop the speed of Washington's soccer team. Yep, it's a variety of style that we'll see on the pitch on Tuesday night. Uh, city style is quick speed possession uh suburban style sometimes big strong direct right yeah so congratulations uh to them for making it this far um and I, we should say that at mcmurray even on a clear sunny day the wind there is probably about 25 miles per hour i knew it was windy but i didn't realize how windy until <laughs> heard it over the microphone 
yeah. in that interview being played back. <laughs> yeah, we've had uh, quite the wind tunnel going on here in the cities the last couple, or probably in the state the last couple of day, uh, weeks, actually. So, Coach and the boys projected really well. We were still able to hear all of their wise words. Right. So, like I said, congratulations to Washington, and we'll have the results of uh, that match as well uh, on next week's show. Okay, we're going to uh, scoot over to uh, Girls Cross Country. You're listening to 651 uh, Sports Update on WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. I am Mike Resendez. Eric Erickson is with me this morning. Uh, in Girls Cross Country, we had the Section uh, 4-2A meet uh, on Wednesday, uh, and your winner of that meet is Highland Park. That's Highland's first section win since 1975 so congratulations to them uh the rest of the uh teams were as follows it was white bear lake stillwater woodbury roseville matamidi central uh finished in seventh como took eighth harding ninth washington tenth um and humboldt and uh, creton hillmurray and north st paul and tartan uh all were incomplete your top 10 individuals will go just for the f- uh, first couple Annalee Weaver of Stillwater uh, took first, followed by Molly Manning of Highland Park and Iris Guider of Central. The difference between uh, Annalee Weaver of Stillwater and Molly Manning was about a a minute and four seconds, so Annalee must have been flying Mm. on that course. Congrats to Highland Park. They've been to state the last couple years. I didn't realize that they hadn't won the section title, but in cross country, the top two teams advanced to state. And Highland has been second in the section and finished as high as sixth in the state, which shows how strong Section 4AA is. This time in 2020, Highland finished ahead of Stillwater, ahead of White Bear Lake, ahead of Woodbury and everybody else to earn the section championship. All right, and over to the boys on Wednesday in their Section 4-2A meet. It was Stillwater, White Bear Lake, Roseville, Central came in fourth, Highland in fifth, Como Park in sixth, Woodbury, Tartan, Matamidi, North St. Paul, Humboldt finished 11th, Washington came in 12th, Johnson in 13th, and Harding and Creighton Durham Hall uh, posted uh, incomplete times. Your top individuals in that one for, we'll go over the St. Paul, was Dylan Hauge of Central finishing 6th. Charlie Powers, is it Tyson or Tyson? Power Tyson. Powers Tyson. Como Park finishing 7th, and then it was Adam Uh, Olgout of Central rounding out the top 10 for St. Paul. Central won the city conference this year. Highland was second and Como was third. Same order within the section tournament there or the section meet. As you said, Charlie Power Tyson, Como's sophomore, was seventh in the section, earns a medal and a state meet qualification in non-pandemic years. He was the individual city champion at the city meet as well. And then, yes, shout out to the Central seniors, Dylan Hauge and Adam Olgott, who also had state qualification level times. That's right, and we will uh, be watching uh, Charlie over the next couple of years as well. Yep. Uh, in tennis on Monday, it was Highland Park 6, Central 1. That's in the uh, Section 3A, or 3-2A, excuse me, Section Finals, or Tournament. Jeez, going too fast. Tuesday, it was Visitation over Highland Park 5-2, to two, uh, and that rounds off our tennis Uh, results for the week a fun short season great for everyone to have a chance to play for highland it was a breakthrough season as they replaced harding on top of the conference that's right and then swimming and diving on wednesday was the conference meet so eric because it was a virtual 
meet, mm -hmm. none of the records are going to count if any records were set. Mm. Personal personal records will still be counted, but any any section records will not be right. uh, uh, counted in this one. Uh, but your results uh, on that was uh, Central, Highland Park, SPA, Humboldt, Washington, Como, Johnson, and then Harding. Well, what can you say? Central was very consistent, came out on top every meet two times over their friendly neighborhood rivals from Highland SPA, and again in last week's uh, uh, conference meet. So congrats to them on their repeat as conference champs. That's Central Girls Swimming. All right, and then uh, our last sport to get caught up on is mountain biking. Last Sunday's preliminary results uh, from Buck Hill uh, on the varsity boys' side of things. Andrew Shoros of Highland Park finished third, coming in at fifth and sixth place was a pair of central riders, Micah Danielson and Otto Weber, and Joseph Jacobson of Highland Park finished ninth. On the girls' side, it was Anna Gregg of Central finishing fifth. Uh, now you will have to, they'll have this weekend off, and then their final competition will take place at Mount Cato in Mount Mon, Mankato. If I can get that out. Mount Cato in Mankato. Yes. Uh, that's their state competition. Uh, and like we had mentioned before, uh, they are having a state uh, race because mountain biking is not considered a sport sanctioned by the high school league. So they uh, will be having their uh, state competition uh, next weekend. Fun for them. Yep. And that is your scores and stats for this week. We did it. We did it. We got through it. <laughs> Three. Three great interviews and a rundown of all of our results, which are plentiful. Right. We have uh, a few minutes left, and we want to take this time to make sure we mention our teams of the month. Um, and uh, this month we have a couple of, of great ones, and I will let you go first as always, Eric. Last month my team was Highland Park Girls Tennis. This month my team is Como Park Football. Coach Kirby Skull and the Cougars stayed together through a tough season last year. They were young, often overmatched, but they've shown up ready to work this fall. They transitioned from non-contact workouts to tackling and all the facets needed for game competition and grinded out an impressive opening week win over Highland, which showed the Cougars that hard work pays off. Harding has experienced something similar, and they're getting lots of big media love for it. But the Cougars deserve a little recognition, too, and I am happy to recognize them. Como Football is my 651 Sports Update Team of the Month. All right, congratulations, Como Football. My 651 Sports Team of the Month. Well, you know, when your team does something that it hasn't done since 1975, Eric, your team is going to get named as Team of the Month. <laughs> I am picking the Highland Park Girls cross-country team. As mentioned earlier, they won the Section 4 2A championship this year. And in the four meets uh, that counted this year for Highland, they won all of them, and Molly Manning was the top finisher all four times. But Highland is packed with other runners as well, including uh, Luna Scorzelli, Ellie Moore, Libby Roller, Chloe Koch, Delia Johnson, Sam Palm, and a host of others. And through this season, uh, it was not easy for them to uh, come together as far as competitions go, but they did power through. Uh, they beat Stillwater in the sections this year, and that is why they are my 651 Sports Update Team of the Month. Well-earned Highland Girls Cross Country. 
All right, we got about uh, five minutes or so. Do you want to just mention what your Bugle piece is about this month? Well, thank you. I would be happy to mention that my next article in the Park Bugle will be the return of Como Park football and volleyball. And the key players on both teams that are working hard to lead their teams towards success. So late start for football and volleyball, but we're going to give a little preview in that Park Bugle piece. Awesome. So get ready to uh, find that, and we will definitely share links on our Twitters and, and Facebooks when that comes out as well. All right, so let's get to our pro pick, Eric. I will have you recap the pick from last month, just because I want to hear you say a certain mountain, some certain words here. <laughs> There's a tone in your voice this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I set up the pro pick asking you to choose whether the Minnesota Vikings would win over or under one and a half games out of four. And to go under was to say they will win um, one, no more than one, certainly not two. And uh, that's negative. That's really negative. Yeah, it was. And that's what Mike Resendez chose. (laughs) He chose to go negative. And the result of choosing negativity was a Mike Resendez victory Uh, in the pro pick. Sweet victory. <laughs> Just one win for the Vikings. A miraculous 94 yard touchdown drive in the last two minutes of the game, engineered by Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks, was the deciding factor. So I don't know if you were watching that and if you had mixed reactions. I was watching it, and I, as I was cheering for the Vikings to somehow come up on that fourth and one, when they got stopped, I kind of was like, eh. It's, it's a push for me. You can't lose. <laughs> That's right. You couldn't lose. It was either pro pick victory or Vikings victory. So. Right, yeah. And after their uh, their remarkable, remarkable showing after week one against the Packers, this pick was a little easy for me, I mean, seeing what they had coming up. Although the, the Houston game kind of surprised me. I thought for sure they would be 0-4 at this point, but they, they pulled off the victory and ended up getting uh, – that helped Houston relieve their coach mm. of his duties. Mm-hmm. So. That's what this team's going to be about this year, breaking hearts and getting your coach fired, I guess. Yeah, if the Vikings are beating you, your team's in trouble, I think is the sign there. Right. Now, it's my turn to pick this month. Um, Normally, at this time, we would have all four sports going on. And right now, we only have one going on. Uh, Major League Soccer, the Loons have had a couple of matches postponed. Uh, and I haven't, honestly, I didn't check their schedule. I don't know if they're back up and, and playing or not, so I didn't go that route. Can't go hockey, can't go basketball. They're not playing. Um, so we, we had to go Major League Baseball. And the Rays and the Braves can't finish their series. Their opponents, the Houston Astros and the L.A. Dodgers, keep winning now. And so there's been a couple of elimination games that uh, they couldn't close out. So their series are still going on. So kind of threw a loop into everything to what I was going to do. So we can't pick, you know, I was going to have you pick the winner, but we don't know who's going to be in there. So what I did was I, I, I had to switch a little bit, and I'm going to ask you over under how many games will the World Series go instead. Oh, now, my goodness. Now, I know we still don't know who's going to be in it, so that this that could change 
probably okay. uh, you know what you would pick, but I just don't see any other way we could do a pro pick without doing something like this. So I'm setting the over-under at four and a half games for the World Series. So will the World Series go under four and a half or over four and a half? Over. All right. It'll be five games or more. Perfect. There will not be a sweep. Ooh, all right. Well, you heard that here, folks. There will not be a sweep in the World Series. Is there any uh, science behind that, or is it just a feeling? There's so much parity in baseball this year, and it's so weird that uh, even when you think a team is out, uh, they bounce back and they win one, right? That's right. So that's my science. All right, and if the cheating Astros can keep winning, then I guess there you go. Yeah, boo on the Astros. (laughs) I hope it's the Rays. Yeah, me too. I've never been so invested in a series that didn't involve the Twins ever (laughs) in my life. All right, everybody. Eric, thank you for coming in. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Uh, Please tune in next week. I have Amy Doherty from the Minnesota State High School League coming in as a guest in studio. That should be a good show as well. Everybody have a great Saturday. Keep listening to WFNU, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye.